Hello. Welcome to Our Savior's Lutheran Church Sermons. I'm Pastor Joshua Curtinback. Our reading for this Sunday, the fourth Sunday after Pentecost, is from the Holy Gospel according to St. Mark, the fourth chapter. On that day, when evening had come, Jesus said to them, Let us go across to the other side. And leaving the crowd, they took him and with them in the boat, just as he was. And other boats were with him. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves were breaking into the boat, so that the boat was already filling. But he was in the stern, asleep on the cushion. And they woke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? And he awoke and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. He said to them, Why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? And they were filled with great fear, and said to one another, Who then is this, that even the wind and the sea obey him? Grace, mercy, and peace be to you, from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Unlike the people of Tyre and Sidon, who very early on made colonies in North Africa and even Spain, the people of Israel were not known as a seafaring people. The sea was seen as a place of chaos, of disorder. It was seen as a place of death. After all, God used the overflowing of the sea as a judgment on the people in the days of Noah. In the time of the Exodus, the Red Sea seemed to stand in defiance to God standing in the way of Israel, pinning them down as the Egyptians pursued them. Thus it came to be associated with the demonic, for the demons also opposed God. It was ultimately untamable, and while it could be traversed in a ship, a sudden storm could bring an end to the journey, or even your life. Thus storms at sea were especially dangerous, even on smaller seas like the Sea of Galilee which is where our Lord and his disciples were crossing in our gospel reading. On the Sea of Galilee, these storms could come quite quickly and seemingly from nowhere, because the sea was surrounded on all sides by low mountains, which allowed the wind to sweep down to cause these violent storms. And it was during their journey when such a storm occurred. For a great windstorm arose, and waves were breaking into the boat, so that the boat was already filling. This was a great windstorm, one that was terrifying even to the disciples who were experienced fishermen on this very sea. The boat, soon after the storm started, was already filling with water because of how high the waves were breaking against it. Yet in the midst of all of this, the Lord was fast asleep on a cushion at the back of the boat. To his disciples it seemed as if the Lord was indifferent to their plight. They woke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we're perishing? The disciples knew that this very well might be their end. They knew that their Lord was capable of miracles and that God worked wonderfully through him. Maybe, they thought, if we can wake him, if he could see the danger we're in, he might call on God for us and then we might be saved. Well, the Lord did awake, and he arose, and then he says two words of rebuke to the wind and the sea, peace, be still. At this rebuke, the powers of nature, the mighty wind and violent sea, are hushed. 
They hear the words of Jesus, and they stop. The wind ceased, and there was a great calm. At this sudden change, at the obedience of the powers of nature to Jesus, even of the violent and demonic sea, the fear of the disciples concerning drowning vanished, and a new fear filled them, as they said, Who then is this, that even wind and sea obey him? The forces of nature are not prone to listening to humans. In antiquity, Antiochus IV Epiphanes, in his delusion of grandeur, thought that he could command the sea, but only ended up looking like an arrogant fool. Likewise, you may have heard the story of King Canute, who despite his efforts, couldn't get the river Thames to obey him. Yet here, the disciples witnessed Jesus, their teacher, immediately caused the storm to be stilled with just two words. That kind of power was reserved for God alone, and as observant Jews, the disciples knew this. This is the cause for their fear, for it seemed to them, and truly it was the case, that God himself was in their boat. No doubt they were remembering the words of the 107th Psalm, which says, Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them from their distress. He made the storm to be still, and the waves of the sea were hushed. This power, this power over nature and over the sea, belonged only to the God of Israel, as the scriptures made clear over and over again, saying things like, The Lord stills the roaring of the seas, the roaring of their waves. And you, O Lord, rule the raging of the sea. When its waves arise, you still them. And by his power he stilled the sea. By his understanding he shattered Rahab. Thus, in calming the sea, the Lord Jesus reveals to his disciples that he is God in the flesh, the Son of God incarnate. And in doing this, in revealing his divinity to them in this way, he also reveals to them his saving work. He saves them from the perilous sea because he came to them, the whole world, to save them from death by giving himself as a sacrifice on the cross to reconcile us to God, to save them not just from the powers of the sea, but from the powers of death and the devil, to say peace to us, for we have been reconciled with God by his action, to cry, be still, to our anxious hearts looking for rescue, for he has saved us from death by his death and grants us these benefits by faith. This is why he rebukes them for their lack of faith. They should know by now having followed him and having seen him working, that he is power over all things, even death itself. So that when he gives his life as an offering for sin to reconcile us to God, he will, by his death, overcome death. For the disciples to have God in the boat with them was frightening, because they didn't know what it meant or why. The good news was not, God is in the boat with us, but rather, God has come in the flesh to save us from sin and death. That was good news to the disciples, and it is for us too. And based on this event in the life of our Lord, the church has found it appropriate at times to depict herself in art as a ship in a storm-tossed sea. For on the side of the Lord's return, the church on earth is the church militant. It is the church surrounded by her enemies, sin, death, and the devil, who want nothing more than to sink the church and throw all those who are a part of her overboard into the sea of death. 
And when the world is against her, or when the devil stirs up strife among the nations, and fear among the peoples, it can seem as if she might sink, as if there will be no peace for her, for us. But we trust that the same God who created all things, who calmed the sea by a word, will likewise preserve his bride, the church, until he comes again in glory. And we pray that he would so guide the world, that we as church may serve him in peace and joy until that day. And so, like the disciples, we are called to recognize that our Lord Jesus Christ is our great Savior, not only from sin and eternal death, but also from peril. For we know that because of sin, that rebellion against God, humanity did not deserve to continue on after the garden. Yet God preserved our first parents. He forgave them because he knew that he would send his son to reconcile us to himself. When the disciples, with the disciples, we are called to recognize all the graces that our Lord grants us and give thanks for them, that we awake in the morning, that we are able to do things safely, that we have food and clothing and shelter, family and friends, all gifts of the only true God, who sent his son to reconcile us to himself that we may be saved from death eternally. And knowing this, we are called also to share of ourselves, knowing all that we have are gifts of our good God. Thus we are able to serve God in joy and peace by serving our neighbors, by loving them in deed and act, by sharing with them the gospel and the goods which we have been blessed with by God, that he may bless them through us, that he may call more from the sea of death into the ark of his church, safe under his keeping. With the disciples we are called to trust in, to have faith in our Lord Jesus Christ, who is the Son of God, God incarnate, who gave his life as a sacrifice for sin that we may be saved from the power of death, to recognize that he who has power over the sea also has power over death, that we who have been baptized into Christ have been baptized into his death on the cross, so that his death becomes our death, his life, our life. Yes, brothers and sisters, he who calmed the sea by a word has by water brought you new life. He has promised us that when we cross the sea of death, he will keep us safe, for he has gone through it before us. He knows the way. He will bring us safely to his Father. Yes, he who feeds us with his body and blood in the sacrament of the altar will raise us up again on the last day in our own flesh and blood, just as he was raised from the dead bodily on the third day. We need not fear the chances and changes of this life that weary us, for we have a sure rock who is immovable in the storm, an anchor who holds us fast through the wind, though the winds and waves crash, a Savior who has promised to hear the prayers of his people and to deliver his promised salvation to all who have faith in him. Thanks be to God. Amen. And now may the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, guard and keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. Thank you for joining us and here listening to these sermon from our Savior Lutheran Church. And now, may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. <laughs>